Blog Talk Radio. Black Politics Today. An eye for what's at stake in global politics and your source for the social, economic, and political impact of public policy on the African-American community. Your host, Kelly Michael Williams, is a political strategy veteran with an undefeated campaign record and the political experience that spans nearly three decades, from Mayor Willie Brown in California to President Barack Obama in our nation's capital. So get ready for a fresh and honest approach on the politics that affect you and your family the most. Now, your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Wake up, everybody. The world's not going to get any better. So we got to do the changes. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Kelly Michael Williams. And I want to thank you for joining us tonight. As we do with every show, I always pause and thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, just for allowing me to host this show, to have this platform and to be able to reach out to you across the country and just say and talk to you about what's at stake for us socially, economically and politically. And I thank God because he didn't have to allow me to have this platform. Certainly didn't have to allow me to, you know, be here and uh, talking to you each and every Monday night. Uh, so I thank him and I give him all the glory, honor and praise because uh, I'm certainly grateful for that. Uh, I don't take it for granted. And I look at it as an opportunity to reach out and touch somebody and talk to them about what I believe are the things that are affecting us the most in this country, especially in our community uh, around the globe and, and areas that uh, certainly if we're not focused on and don't think about it, and if you don't hear us talking about it or someone else talking about it, it's going to be something that's going to pass through and you never think about it. This past weekend, I had the distinct privilege and honor of rubbing elbows with some of the powerful folks uh, in civil rights, public policy, corporate executives, uh, presidential hopefuls, uh, the movers and shakers like my guest tonight. Of course, I had the same pleasure of hanging out with some of my regular folks like myself at the National Urban League Conference, where I was asked to moderate a breakout session on the issue that will impact the black community more than any other issue in 2020, in my opinion. And that issue is the 2020 census. Next year's census will allocate more than eight and a half billion dollars to major uh, for major urban um, or urban sectors across the country and funding them in areas from education to housing, Medicaid, infrastructure, and other vital programs that will benefit and impact you and your family. And if you guys out there do not pay attention to what's going on and think that just the citizen question is just for Latinos and immigrants, you're sadly mistaken because trust and believe this administration does not care whether or not you are included or not. They want to make sure they can do everything they can to make sure that you're not. I mean, let's look at the weekend of tweets to Elijah Cummings. I mean, it's getting ridiculous. So tonight, we're going to break it down, and we're going to discuss discuss the impact of the 2020 census uh, and what it will be on our community. Uh, And we're going to do that with the experts and the people that I was rubbing elbows with this past weekend and having a great time with uh, to give us the full insight on what's at stake for us. And my first guest is the National Urban League Senior Advisor, Jerry Green. She's a veteran of the federal government. She's a veteran and a federal government uh, servant and now a staunch advocate for people of color. 
Her extensive knowledge and experience with the census data has made her one of the most sought-after persons on the issues of the census. And joining us from Louisiana, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, is Representative Ted James. He's a graduate of Southern University Law School. He's a Baton Rouge native. He represents the 101st District in the Louisiana House of Representatives. And he is the chair of the Administration and Criminal Justice Committee and newly appointed director for the Baton Rouge Urban League. And I want to welcome both my guests to the show today. Welcome, you guys. Hey, thank you. Good evening. Pleasure to be here. Well, I am glad to have you guys again, and, and certainly this time on, on uh, my home turf where I can say and do whatever I please and don't have to worry about nobody telling me I went overboard. So, <laughs> so Representative James, let me start with you, man, because I know you have limited time, and so I want to I get to you first and ask you, why is this census, the 2020 census, so much more so important to us as uh, people of color, as black folks in our community this time around, compared to 2010? I'll tell you, um, as we discussed last week, I think this 2020 census is the single most important issue facing the black community. Um, You so eloquently stated um, the the financial resources that will be allocated through our communities. um, That's vastly important. Um, Our representation and bodies that I serve in and um, state legislatures across the country and um, our United States Congress. Um, and I know Jerry is going to speak to the specifics. Like, I know in our community we need to know. We're talking about um, these billions of dollars, but what specific programs, and I know she's going to talk about it. Uh, but, you know, we have to, and I, I tip my hat off to you for elevating this conversation. Um, we know that this time around there are significant resources that we had at our disposal that won't be there. There is a, a concerted effort uh, for our communities to be undercounted and are not counted at all. Um, so it's bi- vastly important that we continue to have these conversations in our communities from, you know, not just elected officials, but, you know, in our churches and the streets uh, with our, all of our community organizations, sororities, fraternities, um, because this is, again, the single most important issue um, facing our communities when we talk about the money that are going to be allocated and um, how our voices will be elevated in the elected body. I, I agree with you completely. And, and that was one of the things that uh, Jerry and I briefly spoke about uh, uh, since the, since the uh, uh, conference was that there, I felt that there should have been more black folks in our session to really recognize and understand what the impact is because elections have consequences. But it seems like, you know, black folks and, and didn't really realize that elections had consequences. And then white women oh, yeah. didn't realize that elections had consequences. And so in 2016, we sat on our behinds and didn't do anything. But this time around, you got the presidential, you got the U.S. Senate, you got the House. They're all going to be happening at the same time as when folks should be replying back to the census. How problematic can that turn out to be for black folks who may be more focusing on the election and thinking that if they just vote, that they may shield themselves from the consequences of the census? You know, I'll tell you, it's extremely problematic, and, and I agree with you. Um, I felt like our panel should have been a standalone panel. It should have been as important um, as those, those presidential hopefuls because it doesn't matter who, who, who wins that election and we aren't counted. Uh, then we're all going to be locked out. Um, And, you know, it's no secret that um, there's a sense of apathy in in our communities for various reasons to, you know, us being locked out, the the system not working um, to our favor. Um, So any type of distraction, be it elections, national, local, here we're going to be electing a new mayor in 2020 in Baton Rouge. Uh, So I know how um, voters are going to be, uh, you know, scatterbrained, so to speak, because there are so many issues. Uh, so we have to, every candidate has to start talking about this, uh, you know, on our college campuses. It has to be elevated. Uh, it's just part of what we have in front of us with the 2020 census. Um, it can't go uh, unhighlighted. and We have to continue to elevate it because we have so many distractions going on. Because 10 years ago, we didn't have a presidential election going on at the same time. So now we have a major right. election and substantially less resources to go out there to make sure that we're counted. 
Exactly, because so much money is being spent elsewhere. And 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 let me ask you, because you you hit on something that I hit on with some of my folks that I was trying to get um, to come to the session was that our presidential candidates aren't even talking about the symptoms. They're not even elevating the awareness, especially um, um, our you know um, Kamala or Corey uh, or even my boy Wayne Messiam out of Florida. Uh, you know, the, the the black folks that are running and even uh, Julian Castro, uh, you know, Latino who's running. Um, so I want to encourage you to certainly you know, talk to your candidate and, 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 and press upon her to start talking about it. But it's something that needs to be elevated to that level where we need to make it aware, you know, have awareness of that. How and what should those candidates be doing and saying to make sure that we get it to that level? Yeah, I think that you're absolutely right, and and I did uh, make note of it after I spoke with her after our panel, and I'm going to see her again tomorrow. Um, we have to every time they talk about their plans for the country, they need to remind our community that it doesn't matter those plans if our communities don't have the adequate resources. So it needs to be the top of their discussion from the housing plan that she unveiled without adequate counts. A lot of those communities that needed those resources aren't going to trickle down. The, the exactly. health care plans, you know, our plans for, for women, uh, women that need SNAP, and some of those, in, in, not women, families that need SNAP in some right. of our communities, doesn't matter who you vote for. If you're not counted, those dollars aren't going to trickle down. Um, infrastructure needs in, in communities like New Orleans and, and Baton Rouge, and we have a lot of infrastructure issues and coastal protection, those dollars aren't going to flow to us. So you're absolutely right. We have to press on them, and I'll make sure that, that I have a conversation with my candidate um, to ensure that these conversations are being had um, just as much as we're pushing people to, hey, come vote for us during these presidential primaries. Make sure right. you're counting and then come out right. and vote. for And the come out and vote. Exactly. That's right. Exactly. So it, it has to be uh, those, those both of these decisions and, and discussions have to be parallel um, in order they really for do. any of those, those folks to, to succeed. They really do. And Jerry, being given the, the, the history that you have and, and the experience you have, how do we overcome some of these barriers and participate uh, so that we can be sure that we're counted? Because the noise is going to come out of 1600 and many black folks might be reluctant to open their doors and, and give any information because, you know, that's how we are anyway. We ain't opening doors. We ain't giving up no information. We certainly ain't going to tell them about how many kids we have because we're afraid they might come back and get something or take something. So how do we overcome these barriers and, and deal with this undercount that we always hear about and deal with the noise coming out of 1600 that's going to come? Well, thank you so much. Um, it's great to be here. But I'm going to back up for a minute. You said you all have covered a lot of turf. And, you know, we need to understand, um, well, the census is mandated by the U.S. Constitution first. And knowledge is power, education is power, and that's what we're going to have to do in our communities is really elevate this conversation, as you're doing, and, and helping uh, our people understand the impacts of not being counted and how, um, um, it can, how devastating it can be in our community. Um, not only is it the foundation of democracy in this country, the census, uh, it's more than just about a head count. This is about political represent, representation, raw political power and money. And if you listen closely, Michael, you'll hear the tick, 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 ticking of the census because it is the formal documentation of the browning of America. This is the, this is the information nobody wants to really face us, some people. Exactly. People down the street from in D.C., down the street on Pennsylvania Avenue. And so the census will be the affirmation that we're drawing closer to when there will no longer be a white majority population in this country. And that is the bottom line. So what, do, what, what does it matter to us? We should care. Um, we need to know that these distractions, uh, these tricks and antics and this rhetoric and bombacity that we're seeing is not accidental. We need to know uh, and, and be unmistaken about the motives behind these distractions. It is to, so that we don't show up. Just like they don't want us to show up at the polls, they don't want you to be right. counted. Their powers, their forces who right. don't want to. And that was all evident in the citizenship question, it, debacle. Um, anytime you're going to defy the Supreme Court and say, I don't care, I'm going to get this question one way or the other. Wow, that says a lot. So it's to dilute our political power, to skew congressional representation away from our communities, and literally 
to deny our communities their fair share of federal funding and resources. So we have to educate. We have to let our community know, our grandma, our brothers, you know, black men are undercounted in tremendous numbers in the census, that the census is, is safe. They can't right. share it, as you said. Um, it's right. important, and this time it's going to be easy because it's on the Internet. So ten quick questions. Nobody will knock on your door. But even with that, uh, we have to deal with the issue of it being on the Internet because, you know, some folks, as we as we learn, there's a, there's the question of whether or not the uh, we have to request it or we go online to get it or we how we get notified to go online to get it. And then we have to deal with the digital divide in some of our communities, even in Washington, D.C. and Southeast, where a lot of people don't have um, Internet or down in Waldorf where people don't have Internet. How do we deal with that? Uh, barrier, because that's going to be a consequential barrier as well. You're absolutely right. And uh, again, um, that is a huge issue, Uh, internet subscriptions and broadband access in uh, rural parts of of our country and uh, in areas that are impoverished where, you know, folks can't afford to to be hooked up on Verizon or whatever and have an internet subscription. And this is what the National Urban League has been advocating for for the for the last couple of years actually since uh, the census bureau began its quest to go online and save money presumably uh, but we know as you said that black folk are not going to automatically just put their information online so there's we have to educate our community and let them know that there are several ways to participate you don't have to go online you, the census bureau will have a number where you can call and someone will walk you through the questionnaire the questions and you can provide your information over the phone. Of course, uh, you have the option of participating on paper, and that's something else that the National Urban League has pressed the Census Bureau for, because believe me, the Bureau really wants to go, they want everyone to participate online. And, you, you know, you almost can't blame them because it's, a tr- you know, sending people out to knock on someone's door six times is very costly. But you, you will get a, a paper questionnaire, and ultimately, if you don't turn that in, a census taker will knock on the door. But you can avoid all that by calling in that number uh, and then doing your phone over the doing your census survey over the phone. So there are multiple ways to to respond, and we just need to get the word out. We're going to definitely have to do that, Representative uh, James. But more importantly, areas like for you um, as an elected official, redistricting is going to be key, crucial to the census. And now you have partisan gerrymandering that's now become legal. Um, And so uh, those, you know, 32 states uh, where you have Republican-controlled houses and governors and everything else, they're certainly going to start redrawing these lines to benefit themselves. And as you said, I think at one point, cluster us in little pockets where, you know, there's only black folks in that cluster, and that's all we get representation Mm -hmm. from. How do we overcome that? That, like Jerry said, we gotta get the word out. But there is an imperative that they have to understand the redistricting uh, consequences of this census and what can happen. Most definitely, um, you know, we can can sleep at the wheel if we want, right? Our I serve in the body on some of my committees. You know, they don't need Democrats or Black folks to even make a quorum. So I know that. The, the folks that I serve with uh, were salivating after the Supreme Court's decision because they already know. And one of the things that we've been doing in Louisiana, our black caucus, we have a demographer, right? We are going to be drawing our own maps. We're going to put forth our own legislation to make sure that we are attempting in the event that we have to go to litigation to show that there were other maps that were, um, you know, that, that had a, a, a greater dilution of the black vote, the black vote, Democratic vote, et cetera, because we know how vital and important it is. The other thing that I think that we need to recognize, you know, we can't go out there and draw maps with 90% black districts because what that does, that hurts our vote in other districts and it minimizes the voice of African Americans in, in other districts when you could do a, a 60% black district and be winnable as opposed to a 90% black district when you create. 15 other 90% white districts, and at the end of the day, you wash out the, the black vote, you wash out the black um, voice in certain communities because we have done a disservice to our people by, you know, stacking and packing our districts. Um, and it's just 
I cannot express how important it is for black caucuses across the country to be on the offensive here. Um, go out there, have your own map, and you can start filing legislation now. We talked a lot about the prison population. And for, in terms of redistricting in your state, draft bills we've done in Louisiana, we weren't successful, but we're going to continue to keep fighting to make sure that those that are incarcerated are counted not where they're housed, but where they're from, in their home counties or parishes. And that way it adds more parity. Um, we exactly. have to continue to do those things um, in order to, to fight because Jerry has so eloquently stated, if if we weren't and our voices didn't matter, if this wasn't important, you wouldn't see a concerted effort to have us silent. And right. It's, just, it's a, it's a pure effort. Exactly. Exactly. It's That's a pure right. effort to silence us. And my fear is that because that court ruling came down, I know how Republicans are. They already have plans and prepared plans to say, yeah, so if it comes this way, this is what we're going to do. If it goes that way, this is what we're going to do. My, dis- you know, my, my um, uh, uh, disappointment, if you will, or disgust at times is that I don't feel, at least not from the voices I've heard on a national level, that the DNC has thought about that or even thought that that ruling would come down the way it did because it was partisan and felt that it would, it would certainly, the court would take it up. But now it becomes a state game. It becomes a state yeah. legislature game, and it's no longer that thing that we think about as being a national game. This is all about the states. And when you already have them cutting out uh, voter ID and, and suppressing the vote and doing things of that nature, you're, you're impacting how that census is going to be used because of the votes. How do you overturn those, some of those laws so that we can get those votes back or uh, 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 put something in place? You said you're trying to do new laws now. Can you guys start um, putting in new voter ID laws to overturn those old ones? Look, we, we've been trying to do those things from, you know, advocating for early voting on Sundays to on-site voter registration. We have, you know, for our black caucus, continue to advance those those ideas. You know, I think that in December when the National Black Caucus of State Legislators meet, this should be the, the only topic that we discuss, right? We, we know all these other issues are important, but for the legislature going into 2020, that those folks that start session in January, these bills should be dropping in every state to make sure that we're undoing a lot of these voter um, ID laws, you know, making sure that the, the college uh, population is protected because there, there are different laws for college students, and we have five huge HBCUs in Louisiana, so we have to make sure that students at Grambling, Southern, Xavier, and Dillard are protected, um, and other HBCUs in, in other states, they should be doing the same thing. And, Jerry, I know mm-hmm. we want um, to make sure that everyone gets counted, especially um, especially us, but what, what do we do when, when we got, like, um, Representative James was talking about, when we have the, the prison gerrymandering, and, our, and our, our brothers and sisters that are in prison are being counted in their white rural districts, and those white rural districts are getting all the resources that would have gone to the black district had they been counted there. What, what era, like he said, how are we going to navigate that to make sure that we can overcome some of those issues? Because now you got Head Start and all these other programs that money is coming into going outside districts and areas where clearly – those areas don't need it, but they're taking advantage of it. Yep. And not only that, um, it's interesting. So you, uh, those communities get counted twice if you get them away. Um, technically right, speaking, exactly. Because, yeah. because the Census Bureau, in addition to c- counting uh, brown and black per, uh, incarcerated people in far-flung rural conservative districts, the Census Bureau also overcounts white the white population. <laughs> they undercount communities of color, but yet the white population is consistently overcounted. So they get double, double the fun, you know. Um, but going to your question, the only place where African-American men are counted accurately are in those is in prison. prison. <laughs> Isn't in prison. Because they it's know crazy. exactly how many there and they count them all. 
So and those numbers to matter also, to those communities. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So talk to me about how and why whites are overcounted and blacks are undercounted. Well, I mean, I've heard everything from, I can tell you, uh, from co- college kids are counted at home, at their home. There are more college kids um, in the white community, and they're counted at their, in their parents' home and in their dorms. That's one issue. Um, you know, um, snowbirds, um, those are people who are, may live in uh, Massachusetts in the summer and Florida um, in the in the winter. In the winter, I mean, they're, they're wow. you know, okay. I haven't had a good reason. Okay. I have not heard a good okay. reason yet <laughs> why why we overcount. Well, see, that's something that's something right there that we need to teach our folks. So that if you have someone that's incarcerated, when that census comes to you, you add them on as your child in your home household and add those numbers. We have to start going right back to what you said, Jerry. Educating our folks. There has to be a concerted effort to make sure that we educate our folks to know exactly what to do, how to do, and make sure they count grandma who's in the house, Uncle Ray who's in the house, and baby on the way who's in the house so that we can make sure that we can uh, always have uh, those. I mean, if, if they're going to double count and being snowbirds, we're going to double count being, you know, sabbatical uh, <laughs> uh, penitentiary folks, okay? That's what and, we got to do. I don't- and, right, and 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 local local governments should already be embracing uh, our our look. Almost uh, more than six hundred and seventy five thousand uh, formerly incarcerated individuals come back to our communities every year. Every year, that's a lot of people. A and whole so, lot. yes, it is. And you can bet that disproportionately, most of those or many of those of that population of that number are black and brown people. So mm-hmm. local governments are falling down on the job already if they're not embracing this community, readying them, helping them to get positions and jobs and so forth. And, 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 and that's a part of it already. But, yes, we have to go back and embrace these brothers and sisters who are coming home and letting them know how vital their count is to their communities. Because literally, when they're counted in prison, they're, they're taking money out of, I mean, uh, food out of the tables and plates of our families and our communities. But I don't want to be misled and for you all to think that all we got to do is tell somebody. That's a big part of it, especially if, if you're trusted. But you should know that there are complete count committees that are all over the country. People are organizing. Communities are organizing. Um, non-paid complete count committees. You can go to the census website and click, and there's a list of all of these complete count committees. You can get well, engaged. Hold on, Jerry. I uh-huh. want to get into that, and I'm going to use that okay. for our, our second half. Uh, okay, Representative James, before you before you have to leave and, and, and catch that plane, talk to me real quick about what's at stake for us and, and, and your community in Louisiana, but across the board, and how we can overcome that, that, that uh, 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 concern of, of what's next and what's at stake for us. You know, I'll tell you that it's, you know, our future is at stake. Um, you know, our families are at stake. Our children are at stake. Um, we have, and I'm glad you guys are going to dive into the complete count committee um, because that's something that everybody can do. Your, your sororities, your organizations, your, your football team, um, our Urban League affiliate, we're, we're forming complete count committees in Baton Rouge and New Orleans um, because we just know how important this is when we talk about the, the funding for our infrastructure, Head Start, SNAP. You know, we can fight for all these policy things, but if we aren't counted, uh, we talked about it last week. The, the money isn't going to follow the need, and we know where the need is. The need is in our community. The numbers, the money will follow the numbers, so we have to make sure that we account for. Um, and I just I thank you again for elevating this conversation. Um, I hate that I have to run, but I'm pulling up into the airport right now. Uh, but, you know, any time that, that I could be a resource, um, please don't hesitate. And, Jerry, thank you for your knowledge. Um, I've learned a lot Thank from you. you. I've been sharing with some of my colleagues with some of the things that, that you share. And the more we talk about it, every time I hear something, you know, I'm learning something new about mm-hmm. the census. And it, it just tells me how important um, this is for somebody that, that's in the room when they have these conversations. For me to learn something new every single time I hear something, that tells me the, the work that we have to do to get out there. But I am encouraged by the, the groups that are stepping up and, and want to get involved. I know it, it sounds like it's doom and gloom, um, but, you know, I see some synergy 
um, in a lot of communities here in Louisiana. Um, so, so I know that we're getting the word out, and I just continue to, to hope and pray that, that everyone is, is excited about this work and making sure that we're, our communities will be counted because we're going to need those resources. Definitely. Absolutely. We're going to definitely need it. And I want to thank you just for taking the time out, especially having to uh, hit the plane uh, out to Detroit. But, brother, you better know, as I told you in at the conference, you're going to be with me. We're going to be talking about a whole lot of things because it needs to happen. And um, and I especially uh, love the fact that you are knee-deep involved in it all uh, in your community, in Baton Rouge, in your hometown, in your state, but also on a national level. And you're elevating the discussion as well, just to your activism uh, and the, the, the people that you are supporting and carrying on. And I appreciate you taking that message and that word and letting them know that they need to start talking about that because if we can start having that conversation at the national level, it can certainly start ringing, uh, ringing around, especially as we follow these candidates around the country. I think we lost him. You uh-huh. there, sent, uh, Representative? Yeah, we got him. He's going to have a safe trip anyway. So, uh, Jerry, I'm going to take a quick break, and when we come sure. back, we're going to talk about those complete count committees because okay. we need to know exactly how we get involved with those and where we get involved with them at. Okay. All right, hold on one second. If you're not facing your mortgage issues, this can be the most terrifying sound in the world. It means you've fallen behind. It means hope is dwindling. It means you're another call closer to losing your home to foreclosure. Fortunately, there's hope. If you need real help and guidance, call 1-888-995-HOPE. That's 1-888-995-4673. Because nothing is worse than doing nothing. A public service announcement brought to you by NeighborWorks, the Ad Council, and this station. Mom, thanks for taking me to work. Gee, there are lots of people here who don't look like you. Asian people, African Americans, Latinos, everybody's different. Yes, and those differences are good because they mean different ways of seeing, thinking, and doing things. So how come where we live, everyone looks just like us? Diversity shouldn't be left behind at work each day. In our neighborhoods, we can prepare our children for the global life that lies ahead. To better understand the benefits of diversity in your community, log on to www.aricherlife.org. Brought to you by the National Fair Housing Alliance. You're listening to Black Politics Today, an eye for what's at stake in global politics, and your source for the social, economic, and political impact on the African-American community. So join the conversation at 516-590-0143 and share your viewpoint at 516-590-0143. Now, back to your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Kelly Michael Williams. My host tonight is Jerry Green. She is uh, a veteran of the Census Bureau, uh, and she knows all the ins and outs of what's going on in the census, and uh, we are certainly glad to have her, my guest. Uh, I want to thank my guest, Representative um, Ted James from uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, representing the 101st District of Louisiana. Um, Jerry, uh, coming back to you and, and, and getting into the fair count and just listening to uh, the, the commercial that we just had and dealing with the housing, that's one of the areas that's going to be greatly impacted 
by the census in terms of dollars and what we'll get and what we won't get. Um, certainly if, if uh, we're not counted, but um, talk about that piece of it in terms of, of the, the impact of, of what happens, but talk about those uh, fair counts, uh, fair count committees and what they mean, what they are and how can people across the country get involved in them or start their own or where would they go to do it? Okay. Okay. Well, um, there are over, well over about 2,000 complete count committees. These complete count committees, CCCs, um, some of them are authorized by the state, and that means the governor passed some type of authorizing legislation to establish a complete, complete count committee. He appoints people to that committee from the community, maybe from his cabinet, his or her cabinet, um, and those committees are then um, broken down into subcommittees. So you may have a communication subcommittee, you may have a fundraiser, you may have a business subcommittee, and, and each of those subcommittees um, are, is responsible for getting, getting out the, the, the count uh, for those respective areas and playing some type of role. Then there are local, state com- local complete count committees where the mayors, as that, so Baltimore, for instance, um, our dearly beloved Baltimore, City is progressive and has a complete count committee there. And so these local Detroit has a complete count committee. Uh, they're okay. all over the country. And so you, you can, and then there are community com- complete count committees, like the one Fair Count uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, and Georgia, where an African American male yes. complete count. Yes, Stacey Abrams okay. Uh, okay. organization. So that's, and you can go on the census website and get a toolkit on how to start a complete count committee. Okay. All right. So anyone uh, can start their own and and basically put one together so they can get out there and make people aware of what's happening and what's going on uh, to make sure that everyone gets counted. Yes. um, Your development, your housing development um, could have one. Your neighborhood block could have one. It does, you know, the the geographic level, the deep, you know, can be as small as you want it to be. You know, you can have a okay. Girl Scout complete count committee where the, the Girl Scouts can help get the word out. So, there, you know, there's just no limit to how you can slice and dice it. The important thing is that that information we just talked about is shared throughout the community. That's one thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, and with these committees, uh, are they actually uh, being enumerators themselves, being the people who are going out to collect the data, or are they just out there sharing the data and letting the people know that it's there? Now, that's one. That's a very good question. Um, one of the important things that the, that the census prides itself on is the confidentiality and privacy of the data. So there's no way in the world someone from a complete count committee is going to have your personal information. Their job is to get the word out. However, um, the Census Bureau regional offices have staff to help these complete count committees get organized. If you call the Census Bureau, they'll come and talk to your community group. They'll show up at your, you know, festivals and bring balloons and, you know, little things. Uh, So it's it's in conjunction uh, with uh, support from the Census Bureau, no money, but they will. The Census Bureau will come out and help uh, sponsor, you know, be a part of your activities to help get the word out, and especially in recruiting. The Census Bureau has to hire a tremendous amount of uh, employees to to get an accurate count, especially of our population. So um, job fairs and things like that, those are the kind of things complete count committees do. And that's what I was going to ask you about next is that although – this the whole issue with the census is very vital to our community. It's very vital to the resources that come into our community. We also want to let folks know that hey, there's opportunities as a result of these uh, of the census coming up, and and what we can do, you know, to participate to not only one make sure that we're not undercounted and make sure that we can get the word out and be a part of um, the solution instead of the problem, and that is jobs. There are, what, some 60,000 jobs that the census, um, they have to hire about 60,000 people to help them with this. So talk to us about that and how, even as vital as it is, we as black folks who, you know, even if we have a full-time job or part-time job or no job at all, 
can get out here and, and sort of, in lack of a better word, kill two birds with one stone. We can help our brothers and sisters out and put some money in our pocket. Yes. And this is why I educate because I'm going to correct you. And your, this correction correct me. is probably correct going to me. blow correct your mind. Me. Correct you. Okay. Um, <laughs> first of all, it's not 60000 Now, there, there's an operation that's about to begin this month in August. It's called Address okay. Canvassing, where they go out okay. and knock and make sure that you live where you live, mm-hmm. Michael, so that that form can come to you if you don't uh, fill out your, you know, do it online. That's called okay. address canvassing. So they they have to hire fifty thousand people right now. But the oh, broader 50, number right is now. Okay. right now, right now, the broader. And if they don't have a complete address list, that's going to impact our count because we wait on the questionnaire. Unfortunately, we got to start responding on from to in the internet. But the other thing is, for the enumerators who are going to go door to door, starting this fall, they have to recruit. Hold on to your hat. 2.3 million people to hire 500,000. Oh right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm glad follow-up. you corrected me on that one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's called non-response follow-up, <laughs> and they have to, the Census Bureau has to hire 500,000 people, which means they have to recruit like one, uh, five, they have to recruit five to hire one, and that gives you about right. 2.5 right. million people they have to right. recruit to have in the job pool uh, to hire, yes, and so we want people, everyone, not just black folk, everybody wants somebody to knock on the door that looks like them, that sounds like them, if you speak twee or ga or some language or Haitian Creole. That's fine, I'm worried about the black folks. I'm worried about the black folks. Yeah, I'm talking about, that's that's why I said twee, ga. You can can say that because you work for the Urban League, okay, but for everybody listening to me, I'm talking about the black folks. Well, okay, thank you for that. I I don't stand to be corrected. I understand. That's why I gave you some uh, Ghanaian, (laughs) some Ghanaian, um, you know. Yeah, 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 um, some Guyanese, absolutely. I'm all for it. Right. And Haitian Creole. These and are Haitian black Creole. people now, yes. Michael. Yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So uh, that's, that's you know, as it relates to black immigrants, it's, and I'm glad you mentioned that. It's Especially so important. Especially black immigrants. Yes. yes. Especially because black immigrants. Because num- if we don't count black immigrants, we won't have a good count. Because our numbers are flattening out, too. The, the, the black, our right. numbers are, you know, kind of coming down and in and, and our community is getting more diverse. You know, we have Caribbeans and Very folks much from so. the continent, and so we have to make sure they're counted as well. And I and that is something that I've uh, discovered and found out that they are at least they're supposed to. It's rumored that they are on the on the um, census uh, forms in terms of ethnicity and things like that. They're going deeper into just more than just the white, the black, the non-Hispanic or Hispanic and Asian or other, they're going more into Caribbeans or African descents and, and other areas. Um, will that, and, and that I assume is happening and that's happening that could be to our advantage because it's happening. Well, yes, it, I think it could be. Um, in fact, this will, this will be the first census in forever that the word Negro will not appear on the census questionnaire. Uh, I was there in 2010. Right. When the census... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Is that a surprise? No, no, I I'm was... saying exactly. I'm like, yeah, right. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah, and, and right. I think it was 2010. Was it, wasn't it on the 2010 or was it not it on, was 2010? on the 2010? That's and right. It was a tremendous 2010. backlash. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, young people said, we're not filling this out. Okay, y'all need to get your, your language together because this is not who we are. So the, uh, the term Negro is off. But in the past, um, brothers and sisters who were, not, who were foreign-born didn't see themselves. Why wouldn't they? They're like, we're not a Negro. Um, right. and, and the term black, believe it or not, some folks don't want it. You know, you know I don't know. But, uh, but so the, the questionnaire at this time gives examples uh like uh, in the question so it says are you you know these are examples it didn't have they, they didn't have these examples in the past like and so it helps us identify as markers it says are you black i.e jamaican haitian um um you know ethiopian nigerian and it gives so okay. that people from other places can see themselves in the census questionnaire and say oh okay yeah or you can just write in yeah that's me check black and write down you know Senegalese or something 
or you know. Well, that's um, good. Yeah. Yeah, it is good. I like that. I like that a lot because uh, I know how we can be sometimes. You know, well, that's mm-hmm. not me. I'm not checking mm-hmm. that box. You know, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. it doesn't identify me, and I don't identify with it, so I'm not going to do it. Um, unfortunately, in those cases that you know devalues our our value rather than elevating it and and making it count for something. So we we have 500,000 folks that can get jobs, but we have some barriers that we got to overcome with those jobs because we have to go through background checks. So everyone can't just walk up and apply and get the job because everything else. We have to go through some background checks. Are you aware or familiar with some of the criteria that they are excluding us from uh, being able to uh, participate uh, in this, and why are they being so stringent on these background checks for us just to go out and notify people and let them know that they need to uh, account for the census? Well, I think that this uh, whole hiring thing is sort of a perfect storm, a combination of how um, how how uh, the, from a management perspective, uh, the Census Bureau processes. You know, the Census Bureau. The Commerce Department is the parent agency of the Census Bureau. So let's say you're in um, Atlanta, Georgia, or Baton Rouge, where uh, Representative James, so your form, you fill out your form online, and it just goes through a circuitous route. It goes to OPM, it goes off the personnel management, it goes to Washington, it it may go through the Department of Commerce, it comes back to Census. There are a lot of loops. And and so just from that standpoint, it can be cumbersome, a cumbersome process, even if it weren't the Census Bureau. The federal hiring process is cumbersome in and of itself. But the background check now, I have to tell you, I don't know if you're aware, but um, in, uh, after the 2010 census, the, the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights filed a lawsuit, a class action lawsuit, against the Census Bureau and its parent agency, the Department of Commerce, alleging that the Bureau's hiring policies involving criminal background checks discriminated disproportionately against African Americans and and Latinos because their arrest and conviction rates uh, tend to be higher. So what the Census Bureau was doing was adding additional layers of questions beyond the check the box, you know, that was affecting people who were not, um, who who may have been arrested, but um, maybe the charges were thrown out, maybe they were dismissed. Um, There were all kinds of things that were happening but it did prevent them from getting uh, a, a job with the Census Bureau. So in 2016, wow. yes, in 2016, um, the Commerce Department agreed to settle and pay $15 million, um, which involved an estimated 450,000 African Americans and Latinos who would have been, who may have been passed over for jobs because of the Census Bureau's background check and recruiting practices. So that's a fact. That's on the books. And they're supposed to be uh, addressing those issues and all, Michael. But you know there must be some residual um, in there um, that's clogging up the process. And that's not a good thing. You know, it directly impacts our count. Well, all you got to do is look at who's sitting in 1600 and know that they're going to sit out there and try to and tell uh, 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 house slippers uh, what to do, and he's going to do it. And, you know, even even to the to the extent of, of um, the person who's now in charge of the census, uh, just coming in in January and taking over and dealing that with, uh, uh, he's going, I'm sure, just follow suit because all these cats are alike. I mean, this, you know, they are birds of a feather and they flock together. You know, they're crooks, in my opinion, and they all don't care. And they don't really mind whether or not we're counted or not. It, it doesn't matter to them. Like you said, if they double count white folks and they use us in the prison population to uh, uh, further their agenda right. or their programs in their communities, especially in those conservative districts, they can care. They want us not to be counted. And and that's why that's why I asked uh, I think Representative James earlier about the um, the use of the bully pulpit uh, from from uh, 1600 and the money that he'll have running his campaign and how he may use that to try to again throw fear out there saying oh we're going to have a raid you know mm-hmm. he may come back and say we're going to have a raid uh, and there's going to be a raid coming up and so. People are going to stay in their house and not going to respond, especially during that time when those folks are coming by knocking on doors to try to pick up because you haven't responded. And those folks will be like, I ain't opening the door. 
like he's and like we just had this last time around when they said the rate was coming and and uh, ACLU told um, immigrants you don't have to open your door. It's not you know it's not against the law for you not to open up your door to someone you don't know. So well, if you do that, that that can happen as well. And I'm I'm a, I'm concerned about that and fearful of that because they're going to try whatever they want to try to make sure that we're not counting. And that's that's my fear. Yes, and that's a legitimate fear. And because, um, and you kind of, I think you are going to head in this direction, The mis- there is uh, a chance and a possibility, and we are anticipating a misinformation campaign, a misinformation oh, campaign right. by uh, trolls on the Internet and, and social media, people who are no, don't even live in the United States. Um, there are troll factories out there who are supporting various causes and trying to destabilize not only the political systems here uh, in this country, but um, public perception. So we Absolutely. are expecting the National Urban League, and in fact the National Urban League has organized a 2020 Census Black Roundtable of um, leading black organizations um, across the gamut in terms of including black immigrant organizations like the uh, Institute for Caribbean Studies is a member, the Haitian Roundtable is a member, the NAACP, NAN, all of us get to come together to discuss these issues and how we can combat this. So we're expecting uh, misinformation, a disinformation campaign to keep us from believing and understanding that the census matters and it matters most to us. Right. And, and and I'm expecting it too, especially since we just found out that uh, uh, Russian hackers hit every state, and they tried to get into every one of the uh, uh, election files. Although they haven't said that they have done that, we know they got into Florida's files. We know that they uh, 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 dealt with their voter registration, and they deleted folks off of voter registration. So my thing is, if they can do that. They can certainly go in, especially since we're going online and we're doing everything electronically this time. There's a great possibility of not only disinformation, but deletion. Yes. So there is no uh, vote without the census, you see. The census right. is the foundation of the vote. And if if we think as a, as a people that folks are playing with us and we can sleep away the census, then, um, you know, we're in a world of trouble. We're in a world of trouble, serious. Mm-hmm. It, it is definitely that serious. And, I mean, all I can do is think about these federal judges. Um, all I can do is think about how we are going backwards instead of forwards. And, unfortunately, uh, young folks who haven't had enough history read and think everything they see on the Internet is true. And then, uh, you know, middle folks are skeptical about everything. You know, the Gen X folks skeptical about everything, but at the same time, kind of lazy because they feel like if I'm in the middle class, I'm good. And then older folks are like, well, they don't have to worry about that. I'm 70, 80 years old. I ain't got nothing to worry about. But they still got something to worry about because their Social Security, their Medicare, their Medicaid. All yeah. those things, they're, they're, they're uh, SNAP, their food stamps, if they're veterans, if they're you know, senior citizens, all those things matter. So we have to make sure that it's from, you know, from, from crib or uh, uh, cradle to crib to, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, a casket. You, we got to worry about it. Yes, you know? yes. And if grandma <laughs> is taking it. care of her grands, if grandma is taking care of one or two grandbabies and a play cousin, she or he, grandpa too, grandfathers matter too, you know, really right. should be, um, because th- those dollars are going to affect her grandchildren that she's already burdened with paying, taking care of. Already, already. So you should trying know to do it on Social Security. Already. Now, just last week, um, I, um, I had the opportunity to, uh, along with other colleagues, uh, J- uh, Janine uh, Abrams um, McLean, who's helping run her sister Stacey Abrams' uh, Fair Count, down in Georgia, we all briefed the Black Caucus, and um, the Black Caucus is now, the Congressional Black Caucus has established, as of last week, a Census 2020 task force. So there are going to be lots more hearings and opportunities for people to provide input. Uh, Congressman Horsford, um, a brother from uh, the great state of Steve. Nevada, <laughs> is yeah, the chair Steve, of that uh, council. Oh, perfect, Horsford. perfect, nice. Mm-hmm. So you can send questions or 
concerns uh, to him through that committee. And, Michael, I will be sure to, if there are hearings, I'll provide that information to you and your listening audience. I greatly appreciate that. I certainly want to do it. So before we go, talk to us, uh, uh, Jerry. What's at stake for us? Give it to us real. Oh give goodness. it to us raw. Tell us, tell us, t- you know, tell it like it is. Because mm-hmm. I want people to be scared enough to realize that their life depends on this. I mean, literally, their life depends on this. Because if 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 <laughs> you literally need to move to Canada, to Africa, to somewhere. If we allow this 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 election and these census to go without our input, especially the election, if this fool gets back in and he then is able to take control of the census and the census data and be able to redraw these lines where you may have 40 states that are red states and all we have is Washington State, California, uh, uh, New York, New Jersey – and maybe um, uh, uh, D.C. I mean, because literally they can take all the states in the middle. We may get to keep Nevada and Colorado, but everything else will be gone. Everything else is red. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'll just start with this. About 60% of blacks of our population live in 10 states. So that's New York, Florida, Texas, Georgia, California, North Carolina, Illinois, Maryland, Virginia, and Ohio. So if we're not counted in 10 out of the 50 states, um, from a representational standpoint, a political power standpoint, a black caucus standpoint, there won't be a black caucus. You know, I mean, those numbers that we saw in the 2018 midterm elections can easily be reversed if we don't show up. Um, We need to know, too, that Uh, In addition to the allocation of seats and representation in the U.S. Congress, the decennial census is used to determine state representation in the Electoral College. Now, we just saw what happened in the Electoral College and how important that was in uh, the last presidential um, campaign and election that was held. So we saw the importance of this in the 2016 presidential election, uh, That will, and these impacts are going to last a lifetime. That's what they're doing. A lifetime. A lifetime. And I don't In think fact, people understand that. They don't, they don't realize that. Yes, they don't think about that. Generation. So, I think uh, some people think that once people leave office, that the laws that they put in place leave office with them. Or, you know, you and I, God forbid, something happened to us, you know, it still affects our families and the little yeah. ones in the family. So from Trump's exactly. harmful immigration policies, putting children in cages, to the appointment of ultra-conservative, partisan, right-wing federal judges. We've seen that with lifetime appointments. Um, lifetime Attorney appointment. General, Session, and now uh, Barr, and Supreme Court appointees. I understand uh, one of the panelists said every night she lights a candle for Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, you know? exactly. But, but they, that's, that's, that's how serious it is. So it we is have to show serious. up. Yes, we have to show and, up. And real quick, you had a list. Mm-hmm. Go through that list, if you have it handy, of all the things that are affected or will be affected by the census in terms of dollar allocation and how important it is for folks to realize that, yeah, it's not just uh, you know food stamps or it's not just uh, 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 block grants and infrastructure. It's not just – it's a whole list of things. Do you have that list available that you can sure. read off to everyone? Please sure. read that off to everyone. Okay. These are just the 16 largest federal assistance program that distribute funds to your community and mine based on census-derived data. This is from 2015. Medical assistance program, that's Medicaid, more than 311 Actually, $312 billion was distributed to the states. SNAP, Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, $69 billion went to households in the mail, not to the state, but to your personal, you know, your and my personal uh, mailbox. Uh, Medicare Part B, uh, highway planning and construction, new roads, bridges, things like that. Section 8 housing vouchers. I know folks. I got family members. Who, who who have uh, a voucher for right. a, you know that's twenty right. billion dollars uh, going direct to direct pay that's direct pay Title right. One grants to local to education agencies National School Lunch Program USDA to the states 
uh, CHIP, State Children's Health Insurance Program, uh, Section 8 Housing Assistance Payments Program to the owners of the homes. So if you, house is, uh, if you own right. a house and you rent to Section 8 recipients, that money right. goes. That's uh, money that goes to you. Head Start, Early Start, WIC, mm-hmm. uh, foster care, health center programs, low income housing, energy assistance. You you miss your you don't pay your energy bill. You can get a little waiver from your local energy place to right. you know to cover you through the winter. And then right. child care development funds. And, and so that's a lot of money. That's five hundred and ninety billion dollars um, that's provided to local states and to direct recipients as a result of your census being counted, you being counted. So you only counted 550. There's still another 590 billion out there. 590. There's still another 300 billion out there because 850 is going to get allocated. So we still got money out there that are going to touch other programs. You just mentioned the top 16. Exactly. So people need to recognize and understand this is vital. This is your livelihood. This is your life or your parents' life, or your grandparents, or your children's life. They cannot play around with this, and we cannot play around. So that's no. what's at stake, Jerry. That's what's right. at stake. Now, we were that's counted as three-fifths of a person back exactly. during slavery. We didn't have a vote. Right. Are we going to be counted for two-fifths, zero-fifths now? You know, it's that serious. So, you know, we have to – we're still here. Be defiant, you know, Stand up and be counted. My, I used to work for uh, my dear, uh, dearly departed uh, former mayor, Mayor Marion Barry, mm-hmm. Marion S. Barry. Uh, I worked for him in, in the executive office of the mayor back in the day, and he used to tell us, a man can't ride your bi- back unless you bend over. So stand mm-hmm. up stand and be up counted. And mm-hmm. be counted. And that's yeah. what we call it tonight. We count, will you? Count. I want to thank my guest tonight, Jerry. Jerry, thank you so much for joining us tonight. I mean, you thank have you. lit it up. You've got me fired up again from <laughs> from from this past weekend to now because I am thinking about okay, clear uh, um, uh, um, the clear count, uh, complete counts. Complete I'm thinking count. about okay, let me let me go online and find me a complete count, and I'm gonna talk yeah. to Rebecca and a few other folks. Like, look, we're gonna put together a complete count committee. We're going off around here. We're gonna do something about this because we well, need I'm to take send you this the nation send it by to you. storm. Please send okay. it to me because I'm going to share that with Rebecca. We're going to take this nation by storm. I am going to be on every little tweet, Facebook, airway, whatever I can do. Um, I, I'm going to certainly share this with the young lady I told you about. I was working with Steve Harvey. And mm-hmm. um, and we're going to get this out on, on his airwaves as well and, and uh, let him start talking about it. Because the more they start talking about it, and I'm thanking uh, Representative James to elevate it with Kamala uh, because – it was something where I actually reached out to a friend of mine who's working for her. I said, hey, if she's got the time, bring her to our session because I want to interrupt it and let her say something about the census. Uh, but she- their time wouldn't allow uh, allow them to. And I was like, we need to talk about this. We need to well, talk about this. this. We need to elevate very it. Very quick, as you close out, um, Kamala Harris sits on the oversight committee for census, and she's missed the last two hearings. There are two hearings, very important hearings on the census where we could have benefited from her presence there in, the, in that astute body of the Senate. The only, right. you know, so she, she, we, we're disappointed that she didn't show up um, right. at that hearing. Well, that's, why, well, that's why I'm glad I, that's why I'm glad I asked uh, Representative James to mention it to her, um, and he said he would do that so that that can, that can be resonated, because I think that needs to resonate with them so that, hey, give me your vote. And check the box for the census. Fill out the census and give me your vote. It's one and the same. We cannot let it go, and we cannot um, uh, think that one is going to be greater than the other, or one can help us in spite of the other. We have to have them both. We have to have them both. So I want to thank you again, Jerry. I want to thank uh, Representative uh, uh, Ted James for joining us this evening, and I want to thank uh, Jerry Green for her astute insight and, and knowledge and expertise. As I say with every show. You have to figure out what's at stake for you and your family. And as you can hear tonight, especially with this 2020 census, everything for your family is at stake tonight. Everything is at stake. If you don't realize that without your participation in the census and without your participation in this 2020 election, you could easily see your whole life and your savings and everything you've ever done demolished and diminished 
and the life that you live for the next four years, if it's under the same administration, could be detrimental to your health, your children's health, and their future. So I want to encourage you, and I'm going to impress upon you to get involved. Get involved with Complete Count. Get involved with your church and your uh, synagogue or wherever you uh, uh, worship at. Make sure you guys have a census complete count. Make sure you have something in your neighborhood, your job, wherever you may go. Talk to your friends and neighbors across the country and let them know. Be counted or be dismissed. Otherwise, we're going to count. The question is, will you? Until next week, if it's social, economic, or political, it's Black Politics Today. I want to thank you again for joining us, and I will see you next week where I'm sure I'll be talking about Trump or something about his test tube baby behind one way or the other. I want to thank again, my guest again, Jerry. Jerry, have a good night. Thank you so much. Night. We'll be good talking night, to you Michael. soon. Yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> it's Black Politics Today, folks, and we will talk to you, we'll see you next time around. Thank you for listening to Black Politics Today on I for What's at Stake in Global Politics with your host, Kelly Michael Williams. Join us live each Monday from 7 to 8 p.m. Until next time, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and download us on iTunes at Black Politics Today.